Harmony. Harmony. Okay. But at the same time. But at the same time. Harmony. And then like sing it, like sing it at the same time. Okay. Harmony. Harmony. So, welcome back to Harmony. This is episode two. This week we have Cody and Pastor Derek. Are you, Cody, do you technically have, do, am I supposed to call you Pastor Cody? Ty calls you Pastor Cody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anything I can or will say will not be held against me because I do not have the term pastor yeah. uh, designation. It depends on who you talk to. Mm. So when I talk to you, like, am I? No. No. Okay. Cool. Master Ty can say it if you would like, but there's official procedures that should happen before it should be a thing. Well, I didn't know I what procedures. Ty does. I'm still new. I don't know what procedures that have or haven't been. All right, known. Pastor Christian, start up. <laughs> This is already in. We're just we're just in. Okay. This week we're talking um, from February. Was it the sixth? I think it was the sixth. Yep. February sixth. Uh, Pastor Ron's message. Um, I think he just titled it. Nope. He titled it something about wrong, but the big. As uh, how to avoid the mess or how mm-hmm. not to be messy. Which it boiled down. He kept on saying wrong, wrong is wrong. Wrong like is the, wrong. The big, yeah. Wrong is contagious. Mm-hmm. Ron is wrong, and wrong is wrong. Mm. It's good. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. That was Two letters less. Nice. Um, so we'll start with Cody. Okay. You're obviously in a very particular life stage. I am. Um, you Con- just congratulations, congrats. by the way. Thank just you. had a baby. Officially. I did. Mm. It's a week old today. A week old. Wow. Yeah. So. My memory might be a little fuzzy about some of these details, but. Um, but the whole thing, so wrong is wrong. And the what Pastor Ron circled around was uh, like bad company corrupts good character and all these things. How does that look like from your perspective um, with where you are in life? You're interacting with different people than I'm intera- interacting with, um, even as a youth minister, youth leader. Um, how do you see that affecting the kids that you're overseeing and helping guide? And, uh, yeah, just take it away. I mean, I think a big part of it, just even in culture, is questioning the idea that wrong is wrong and right is right. Like, that, that isn't even a, an agreement that all of society has of that, 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 that that's even true. Um, that, you know, that might be wrong for you, but that's not wrong for me um, type, of, type of thinking. And so... That's even just what you find, what I find myself, especially with youth, like fighting against of people who might even agree that something is wrong in certain circumstances or for certain people or whatnot, but then they think for themselves um, that it's okay, which I think really just gets to, I actually just had a conversation with a student about this uh, in the most basic way. He was talking about how he went snowboarding and I was, we were talking about how long the lines have been recently. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, and so I was asking him, like, oh, man, how was the wait? And he's like, oh, we cut, like, every single time. And we just started this kind of, like, conversation about, like, well, isn't that wrong? And he's like, yeah, cutting's wrong, but, like, we weren't hurt anyone. We, like, we weren't. So, like, yeah, it was wrong, but it wasn't really, like, wrong for me. Or it wasn't, like, the worst kind of wrong. Yeah, it wasn't the worst kind of wrong. Or I, I, I don't see how that is, like, that big of a deal. Hmm. Um, would, and, do you think it would have made him mad at all if, he watched as some other group of people cut and made him have to wait longer. 
Uh, well, it's funny because he's like, well, other people could have cut too. Like we're like almost like he was the smartest kid in the room for being the one to think about cutting. And then I was like, but then if everyone just cut, then you would just. It's just a line it's again. It's just a line again. <laughs> yeah. um, and so. Genius. Yeah. And so, but it's just an interesting conversation of, of just thinking through and talking through like, this isn't what, like what bigger thing this might get into. Cause I think this idea, especially of, well, wrong might be wrong, but it isn't for me or, you know, the, the big stuff isn't as important. It almost is an element of pride of thinking I'm better um, than the other person or that it's not going to apply to me or it's not going to affect me. And then just talking through how that wrong is wrong. And it's a really big deal because even if the wrong itself doesn't feel that big, it leads then into a lifestyle and choices that then continue to feed into that and, and kind of it sets up an attitude and a, and a way of doing life that then infects the rest of it. And so I would argue that if he was to continue on with that sort of behavior, well, then that's going to infect the way that he dates. That's going to affect the way that he does school. That's going to affect the way that he has a job. Like that's going to affect all those different areas, which just kind of gets into what Ron, Ron talked about in the idea that wrong is contagious with other people. But mm-hmm. I think it even starts that wrong is contagious throughout our own lives. Yeah. Like the, Bending the rules in one area makes it easier to bend in increasingly greater areas. That's fascinating. Um, you know, with my own kids, you know, on the younger spectrum, wrong is wrong is like, duh, of course. You know, for a five-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old, uh, it, it's so, the world is so um, black and white for what's right and wrong. And, and they are... If, if another sibling is doing something wrong, they will drop the hammer on them um, and make sure it's known that what they're doing is wrong and they need to do what's right and all that stuff. But with our oldest, who's starting to get into that preteen things, it, it's not that it's those same areas are less clear. It's just there's newer areas that if it's fun enough, then why do the extra think work to determine whether it's right or not, which usually we can kind of diagnose in a couple of questions like, well, would you want that done to you? (laughs) No. Okay. Well then maybe you shouldn't do it to your sibling or the stranger or whatever it is, or, uh, that's funny, but do you think it's right? You know? No. Okay. So there ends up being a little bit, but it just seems like on that trajectory of heading up to that age, group that you're dealing with primarily they've just got more and more scenarios that somehow have been increasingly muddied um i just wonder is that purely that cultures muddied the waters and some of those things or is it just in a sense that increasing desire to get your own way also muddies it you know to declare something is right or wrong would might get in the way of getting what I want. I think even just being yeah. like, it's, it's interesting to use that like, phrase, like declare what is like right or wrong. Cause I think that even is really maybe the issue that underlies sin is we want the ability to declare what mm-hmm. is right or wrong. We want mm-hmm. to be the ones who are able to say that this is, or, or that we're in control really. And, and that 
really part of the push that we have when it comes to sin against God is that God has declared things to be right and to be wrong. And there's things that should and shouldn't happen. There's ways that things should be in the way the world should operate. And that when we don't like that and we do our own thing, that sin really is us saying, no, what I think is right, what I, I've decided that wrong is not wrong. Wrong is actually right and good and fulfilling and, and, and whatnot. Um, and so that's where you kind of see this abundance of sin. I think about Romans when it talks about that God turned them over to, to, to their things, that he really turned them over to their own flawed thinking. He let them go ahead and do what was right in their, their own, own eyes. eyes. And yeah. then that that then just hits on judges. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so you see this element of, of really sin is this process of saying what God says is right and what is wrong. I don't like that. So I'm going to declare what's right and what is wrong. And so, yeah. So this, this is a bit of a freeform question. So we're just going to see where this goes. This whole mm. thing is freeform. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey. The more freeform it is, the more you have to edit. Is That's, this, this yeah, going to be I mean, freeform? Isn't that like one of those like online oh, TV networks? It's one of those like freeform TV. Things, yeah, yeah. yeah, an app. Um, Smart TV app. So uh, I guess the question I'm getting to is hurt in the church often comes from making those early on decisions like, no, this is right and this is wrong. Whether or not the Bible says anything about it, it's different. Like taking God, putting him here, and then living here. And then every once in a while we're here. All Did you guys catch all that yeah, hand movement? It is a, uh, so basically, <laughs> there's a diagram about. I just drew out in the air. Maybe adjust the question a little bit. That'd be great because I definitely don't understand yeah, the question. But when it, comes to, when it comes to, except thinking especially as Christians, there's something that needs to wrestle with is what happens when Christians stand on that this is what God has declared right. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those issues where it's not crystal clear oh. and then hurt maybe comes from that, which I think is hard wrestling because scripture is very clear in some aspects about what is right or wrong. But in some areas, like it doesn't feel that way. And I think about Jesus, like healing on the Sabbath and, mm -hmm. and doing these things that for the culture would have been, no, this is what God has told us to do. Like you were very in the wrong here. And then Jesus shows up and is like, I'm the son of God. Like, I know what my father like sent me to do and, and whatnot. Like, this is not wrong. This is actually right. And I just, I, I feel like I like would have been more like the Pharisees at the time if Jesus showed up, like, honestly, I, I, I do think that I would have been like, yeah, Jesus, I would feel like I would have been like, no, 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 we have these things. God, like, this is what God said. What are you doing messing it yeah. up? Yeah. And I think a lot of hurt happens sometimes when mm -hmm. we declare things to be right that aren't necessarily right. And how do we wrestle through that? And what, how do we deal with hurt that comes from those issues without just... Are you saying that sometimes we're more, we have harder lines on things that scripture doesn't? I think so. Can you, can you think of any issues or? Um, yeah, in that I'll area? say mental illness. That's one. Okay. That, that I don't want to get too crazy, but I think mental illness. Like you can't use out. the word crazy when we're talking about <laughs> mental illness. Like that is that is wrong. That's a hard line edge that you cannot use that uh, or, word. Or is that just wrong for you? I I walked right into that one. No, but like mental illness and very much in in you know I've read different books from different perspectives and whatnot, and very much. I, I can see biblically like like what Bible verses they're using and what they're thinking is when they say like, you know, all of this should be dealt with in prayer, with going to God. Like if you're using some of like, you know, 
maybe medicine or more, you know, let's say uh, psychological practice or whatnot. Like you're not fully trusting the mm -hmm. Lord. That's where the core like of the being issue is. Or like pro therapy. Yeah, like even having anxiety maybe is sinful. Like the full ex and and like mm -hmm. I'm not saying I, I I definitely don't agree with that, but I see like where they're pulling from scripture. Like yeah. mm -hmm. one of the questions it's brought it up before I keep going. One of the questions that we dealt with when I was at school was, what does it even mean to think biblically? Like, you ask a Mormon, they're going to say they think biblically. You ask a Jehovah's Witness, they're going to say they think biblically. So it's even how do we evaluate that well to know truly what God has said is right and good. And I think some things are very clear, but some things maybe are a little more gray, which there's areas that the church fully accepts are gray about, like, baptism. Like, each church is going to have its specific stance on the issue, but, like, we don't protest, like, we're a church that is confessional baptism. We don't protest churches that, like, baptize babies. We're not, like, they're heretic. Like, and so yeah. I just wonder in some ways, are there times where there can be a little bit of a gray area because Scripture allows that and we don't need to be at each other's throats about it? Um, we're so strong. But then, on the flip side, how do you then protect those hard borders where it is very clear that this is not what Scripture is about? Because there are a lot of things that I think people I would— really disagree with say no this is right and i would say scripture is very clear that very it's clear. not and, but yeah. then they would argue. and so that's where it gets hard or even more so like with certain things where where's the like no like okay varying degrees of disagreements on different things mm -hmm. doesn't make it okay for us to step out in anger and lash out at people who are doing those things and then step into sin to combat Mm -hmm. these things like hold to our things but what i'm just getting at is there's it's interesting how fast people are to like like facebook comment sections for one thing right people will say anything on there and profess to be christians and you guys are both giving me very I'm just, intense stares that i'm like am i I'm just dialed in what you have to okay, say okay I just look like somebody was going to jump back and be like christian you're wrong was gonna be like oh, the comments. Facebook comments on this are going to be oh, they're going to be great. lit up. Yeah, great. I'll be number one. You always are. Yeah. So, Christian, you're just saying that how we react uh, to things that either we know clearly are wrong or are just different than us. Sometimes we need to focus more on how are we even responding and handling um, that we talk to people stuff right. like that because like what 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 fruit's going to come of that conversation if you know they're very hard set in their beliefs and you're hard set in yours and you're just going to yell and scream and gnashing of teeth and everything what good is going to come of that other than maybe frightening them maybe like i i think about the the sean mcdowell stuff but uh everything and how him and dr tim muehlhoff yeah. uh talked about like as a communication major as well, like they talked about a lot of communication theories and I'm like, okay, now I'm actually seeing applicational points of some of this. Like it's before my degree was useless. Before, before I was like, this is a waste of time. Um, but just in how we approach people and how we like, I mean, it, 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 everything oftentimes comes down to like, are we approaching people with love even when it's hard, even when it's not easy, even when it's another Christian who's supposed to be coming at you with love, but you're both, fighting about it yeah yeah um i think i think it's important for us to 
as a church and then I think in whatever kind of your friend group, small group, family unit, there's kind of this internal conversation where you try to clear uh, the lines up as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then there's external conversations where maybe you don't focus your ultimate end isn't just to make all the lines as clear as possible. It's to to show love and to help introduce them to Christ. So the in, on the internal, like again, with my kids, because we're trying to pastor them well and have more opportunities than a lot of people here in the church uh, to pastor them, but it's with them want to help them decide, oh yeah, this behavior, this attitude, this action that I see in a friend of mine, we're going to have that internal family conversation of like, hey, what what they did was not right. Do you see why? Do you see the fruit of what they're doing? And that's not okay. And like, we don't want you to imitate that. And we here's reasons why. So, so it'll, be, it'll be pretty clear and sometimes even kind of harsh, but we also want to delineate, but hey, they're your friend, they need love, they need to know about Jesus. Just because they regularly do these things doesn't mean they have any less value. And so we're gonna keep having them over to our house, we're gonna keep on doing all this other stuff, and your job isn't to just go out and tell them what's wrong. It's to show them a, a better way of living. It's to drop in, uh, you know, I think it's Pastor Eric's always saying, drop in pebbles in the shoe that just kind of makes them un comfortable because they're starting to see more clearly that you're living a way that's different than how they're living and they might want to know why. Um, and I think we can take some of these things and, and issues in the church where internally, yes, uh, this past Sunday's sermon is very clear on Christian sexual ethics. Uh, we need to be firm on that. Mm -hmm. But that's also not the leading line, and you meet someone who's uh, in a living with their girlfriend. That might not be your leading line of conversation with them. Um, it's something you know you're grounded in, but how do I get to know them? How do I help them see the beauty of Christ and sprinkle along the way uh the truths of a better way that God has for him. Well, and I think part of that to wrap around to wrap back to the first question is Paul almost seems to have like differing levels of unit union with people. Mm -hmm. And depending on that level, it's almost like wrong is more or less contagious. And so it's even evaluating what is this union you have with these people um, because a higher level union is going to be more contagious than what they do and then lower level. And so evaluating kind of each one, even what your relationship with them is. And so like he would treat very highly the church community. He would treat very highly like marriage. Mm -hmm. He would treat those very highly because those are very intimate relationships where you're very affected. But then even looking forward a little bit to the rest of Corinthians when he talks about or looking at all of Corinthians when he talks about food, he doesn't really get after them for having meals with non-believers like mm -hmm. that's not the issue it's it's stuff that's happening within the church but he doesn't get after it and so there's an element where like they're having dinner together like they're doing things and there needs to be conversation about how to do that well within the community and within within the church but like there's some element of like like friendship is good and encouraged and, and should not and so yes bad is contagious but 
if it's not this close knit union, then there is a lot of safeguards or it's less likely to be influenced by, um, and even at its most basic level, just like living in a very non-Christian city. Like, like right. we talk a lot about Corinthians being this very worldly city that is almost the antithesis of what Christian ideals would be. Yeah. The contagion he was most concerned about is how it affected the the witness and among the other Christians within the church, right? That they would, each of them would start to become calloused to uh, claiming Christ and living in sin. That, that would uh, kind of go along with them. It seems like Paul's less worried about, oh, people are going to question your witness because you're with non-believers, but he's more your witness is be questioned based on how you guys are with each other. Mm-hmm. And so that if one part of if this contagion or this, this, you know, leaven, as he talks about in the passage, gets into the church community and then affects all of it, then the witness of that whole church community is, you know, going to be ineffective and, yeah. and zero. But then if you're going out to live it out, that he has less worry about because you should be grounded in a lot of these other things that Paul has, has has talked about. He seems to be, there seems to be an element of like really check protect the church community. You need to be on guard as you go into the world to not take it back into the church community with you. And part of the church community is even almost like uh, washing people down as they like come back in, in a sense. But like when we come together on Sundays or in small groups and you talk about like, oh, this is what I did at work. This is whatever that the church community be like, hey, that's not great. Like you you're bringing this back in. We're seeing this in 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 what you're doing and then going like, oh, man, I I didn't realize that. I didn't realize like, thank you for catching that, helping me see that uh, and kind of like helping me wash that away as I joined back in the community. Mm -hmm. And so community should be this agent that that washes the person as they you know are going out of the world and doing ministry and coming back in like that sort of sense um but then if the community just accepts it then it ruins the whole community so if you're using language earlier like if you come back to small group you're just cussing up a storm and the whole group is fine with it and then they start doing it well then that whole small group witness is is ruined but then if they're like calling you out encouraging which paul really wants the church community to do not his first step is not exile someone who like falls into sin but it's to encourage them back to live up to, yeah. to what god has and then only if they refuse then paul would then go to those hard extremes of of kicking them out of the community or exile because he wants he's so protective of the community how do you how do you balance the idea of not being influenced by them but you're also supposed to be not necessarily cut yourself off from them um I guess that's the that's the self control part, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he had that wrong is wrong and wrong is contagious, mm-hmm. um, which is true. Bad company corrupts good morals, mm-hmm. sort of idea. But he also Paul goes out of his way to make sure we're not cutting ourselves off from those who need to be reached. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is tough. It's tough as a parent thinking about for my kids, though they're in a little different place. Um, how do they? How do we help them identify behaviors of friends of theirs, like maybe on their sports teams and stuff? That like, all right, the way they're t- 
talking, we'll just use language. I feel like it's an easy example. You, you don't want to do that, you know? And actually, the more you're around that, the more likely it is that it might become part of your vocabulary too, unless you make a real conscious effort to keep that out. And yet, we don't want you just to not ever be around that person because little Johnny, it's not really just about him learning to use better words, but that he would meet and know Jesus, and that might be through you. Well, that's it for this week. Do you guys want to do the to, do the harmony thing on the microphone? You didn't even give us a chance to do it. At the beginning, I know, because it didn't seem like it was actually going to happen, and it felt like it was going to take well, more time. You just went straight through it. You didn't even give us a well, chance. Well, now I can take it, because I, I, I do want to get people to do it, and then I want to like <laughs> put them all together, and then make like one big... It. Okay. Yeah. How do you want us to say it? Like, like a barbershop quartet. Sort Why of. don't you do it? And I can't we'll... sing. That's my thing. I do this. We can. Yeah. We, yeah. So, I mean, so don't worry. <laughs> you got the right people. But but you guys harmony. Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah, something like, like that. Like, like moonlight that. from cats. <laughs> oh my god. Harmony. Did we get it? No. <laughs> keep talking. So- Harmony. Harmony.